0: Welcome to Dangerously Likely, I'm Caleb Smith, and I'm Terrell Couch, and today we're Dangerously Likely to talk about Roe vs. Wade.
1: Let's go above the fold with this week's headlines. On Tuesday, June 28th,
0: the January 6th committee held a surprise hearing that featured Cassidy Hutchinson, who was a top aide to Donald Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows. Hutchinson had access to and was in the room for many of the events surrounding the events leading up to and during the January 6th insurrection. Some of the revelations that came out from this surprise hearing was Trump knew that his supporters had weapons and then proceeded to encourage them to march to the Capitol. He got angry with Secret Service for not letting his supporters into the rally, even though they had AR-15s and a lot of other uh, (laughs) weapons of war. Um, Pepper spray specifically. Yes. (laughs) And smoke grenades and stuff. Saying something to the effect of, they're not here to hurt me. And he tried to join them. He tried to go to the Capitol with his supporters. Multiple times. And I just have to, I have to quote this from Hutchison about exactly how he went about this. Quote, the president said something to the effect of, I'm the fucking president. Take me to the Capitol now. To which Robert Engel, the head of Secret Service detail, responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel. Hutchinson testified and said Ornato not motion to his clavicles to describe a kind of choking motion. He had the nuclear codes just as a reminder to all our listeners. Apparently, another revelation that uh, I don't know matters as much. Trump threw dishes when he was angry, including, um, I don't know, what did he have? A fucking happy meal? <laughs> Right, what was all this ketchup? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He threw like his meal or whatever at the wall in the Oval Office and there was like ketchup dripping off the wall. I know, great respect
1: for the Oval Not Office. to like downplay this moment, but remember when he was in the middle of a government sh- shutdown so there were no chefs in the White House, but he had the national champions from college football so he just ordered out McDonald's for all of them because that's what Hell, I'm picturing yeah. right now. Anyway. Hell. Yeah. Um so
0: Another revelation is in the days leading up to the insurrection, the White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, was begging people not to go to the Capitol with them, stating that they would be charged with every federal crime imaginable. Which, the fact that he's saying this ahead of this insurrection is pretty telling. Um, Then, when the riots were happening, Cipollone told Mark Meadows that they needed to talk to the president immediately, and Mark said, he doesn't want to do anything, Pat. They eventually went to talk to Trump after continued pressure from Cipollone. So Terrell, this was, not only was it a surprise hearing, it was a wild hearing.
1: Um, What are your thoughts? I think they met the mark. Um, A lot of people on social media and in news outlets were really saying if the January 6th committee were to have this surprise hearing, there is an expectation that this has to be a bombshell hearing. There, There just needed to be this level of, expectation and interest. And I think they met it. Um, One thing that I wanted to bring up that I personally thought was just disheartening. I don't even know. Um, Hutchison was able to testify. I remember Pat Cipollone saying, they're literally calling for the vice president to be fucking hung. Mark Meadows said, you heard him, i.e. Trump, Pat. He thinks Mike deserves it. He doesn't think they're doing anything wrong. Pat responded, This is fucking crazy. Yeah. This man had access to our nuclear codes. This individual has caused one of the greatest disruptions in democracy in human history, in my personal opinion. And that's saying a lot compared to Nero. Um, this is insane. And it's fucking insane. It's, and it's just it's nuts. But what's worse is it's just another news cycle now. We now know all this information. We're all looking at the DOJ. We're looking at you, Attorney Merrick Garland, to do something. But also us be knowledgeable of this, her entire testimony can be considered hearsay. So they need to do more investigating and be able to prove this. And we know the individuals that they need to talk to are people like Pat Cipollone, Mark Meadows, Donald Trump, who are actively avoiding having to confront accountability and truth. And it's, it's insane. It's, it's wild to me that we are hearing all of this information. We are aware just how much the former president was willing to circumvent accountability, democracy, the core of America to stay in power. And he might actually be the nominee for a major party in less than two years. I don't know. Ron DeSantis coming in hot. Not
0: that I want a smarter version of Trump.
1: But like that, that's the issue too, right? Of, yeah, yeah, I don't, Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz, whoever, I don't really care. It's the fact that the Republican Party is so extreme at this point that we're getting all of this information instead of trying to stop him from being president they're still allowing him their Their voters are still saying that he's the best option. They're still crying and saying that he needs to be saved. And one other point that I, I think needs to be highlighted is, well, two other points, actually, you and I were talking that day. And I know I say this every time we talk about this committee, but you and <laughs> I were talking that day Us and talking. We, no. And we were very specific of it could have been so much worse. Like, Thank God they didn't have weapons. Thank God they didn't have bombs because this could have been worse. And now we find out today that they did have weapons. They did have bombs and tear gas and smoke grenades and all of these pieces. The security for the rally stopped that and confiscated it from them. And instead of the president of the United States in that moment championing and and congratulating his security for doing the right thing, he told them to remove the fucking... Uh, magnet or metal detectors because they weren't going to harm him. Who cares? That's outrageous. That's terrifying. And that is treason. Yeah, no,
0: this is, um, I, I don't know. I just didn't know what to expect from these hearings. I assumed we'd learned some new information, but I thought we had a lot of it. And like, I don't know. It's, uh, this makes me wonder in what, what we have like four of these hearings left. Something like that. I, I mean, I mean, obviously, they're building a case and that's mostly what the hearings have been. But like the information that we're that is coming out of this stuff that we didn't know before is just so revealing
1: and incriminating. So
0: we'll see what happens
1: next. Let's check out the international fold. Continuing our coverage on the Ukraine-Russian war. On Monday, Russian missiles struck a crowded shopping center in central Ukraine, killing 16 and sending dozens to the hospital. This comes as Moscow attempts to show a show of force in response to the G7 conferences taking place this week. This is just one large mass grave, an advisor to Ukraine's interior minister said. Interestingly, Western intelligence, um, are assessing that Russia's offensive will actually soon come to a grinding halt as Moscow struggles to maintain the expenses. According to chatter on Russian telegrams, um, The Russian forces are under a lot of pressure to take complete control of the Lutzik region by end of week, if not sooner. We at Dangerously Likely will continue to follow the conflict taking place in Ukraine and update you as we learn more. Check out our Facebook and Twitter pages for updates through the week. Circling the globe in under a minute, June's heat waves in Tokyo have been the worst on record since 1875 straining their energy grids. Moscow announces Brittany Greiner will face trial on July 1st. Brittany Greiner is the WNBA player from America. Israel loosens abortion regulations in response to the Dobbs decision in the United States. And as of Tuesday, Turkey has agreed to the membership of Finland and Sweden to NATO. And we'll be right back.
2: to see the court overturned you just said you want to see the court protect the
0: second amendment do you want to see the court overturn well if wet? we
2: put another two or perhaps three justices on that's really what's going to be ha- that's will happen and that'll happen automatically in my opinion because i am putting pro-life justices on the court i will say this it will go back to the states and the states will then make a
0: determination and we're back what dangerously likely on friday june 24th The Supreme Court struck down Roe v. Wade, removing the constitutional right of abortion. It was a 6-3 decision, with all conservative justices voting to overturn the landmark ruling from about 50-ish years ago. This is one of the most egregious decisions the Supreme Court has made as of late, taking away the right to choose for women, and really taking away rights for women in general in the United States. We at Dangerously Likely want to give all of you an understanding of the case, why the justices voted the way they did, some reactions to the decision, the impact, and how we can start to productively move forward. So starting with understanding the case, back in 2018, Mississippi issued what was considered at the time one of the most restrictive abortion bans in the country. Banning abortions after 15 weeks with few exceptions, the law would not grant exception for rape or incest. Mississippi's one reproductive health clinic sued the state citing it unconstitutional. Important to note is that a federal court in the Fifth Circuit agreed with Jackson's Women's Health Center. The opinion of the court goes like this, and I quote from the majority opinion. Abortion presents a profound moral issue on which Americans hold sharply conflicting views. Some believe fervently that a human person comes into being at conception and that abortion ends an innocent life. Others feel just as strongly that any regulation of abortion invades a woman's right to control her own body and prevents women from achieving full equality. Still, others in a third group think that abortion should be allowed under some but not all circumstances, and those within this group hold a variety of views about the particular restrictions that should be imposed. Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. It is time to heed the constitution and return the issue of
1: abortion to the people's elected representatives. And can we just take a pause there to highlight the question before the court was never whether or not Roe or Casey should be overturned. It was just a recognition that as we played at the top, Donald Trump, had placed in three very pro-life judges. And there was recognition from conservative states, as you've learned with trigger laws being in place right now, that there's a chance they could go as far as overturning Roe v. Wade. Um, But I think important to this, as it is a 6-3 decision, Chief Justice Roberts in his concurring decision only only concurred with the judgment, which is The question before the court was whether or not the Mississippi ban was constitutional. He concurred and said, yes, ultimately I would have allowed for the 15-week ban to be um, instituted because the way Roe is written, abortions have to stop at viability. And in his opinion, 15 weeks is a viable metric. What we witnessed from the Supreme Court on Friday was an egregious overstep of its own power. Yeah. overturning precedent and not even focusing on the question before them. The question before them was never whether or not abortion should be legal. The question before them was when is viability? And as we we dive in and we get more angry, and I'm sorry I cut you off in your, your telling, Caleb, but I do think that's a part that's also being missed out in the context of all of this is Justice Alito not only made one of the worst decisions up there with Plessy v. Ferguson, honestly. He also overstepped his own power as a Supreme Court justice by just determining that this is an opportunity to remove a decision that he decided was judged unfairly or judged poorly when that was never the question that they had to answer. I think what's interesting about this case, and to kind of
0: explain a little bit more exactly what they ruled, is they basically took the constitutional right away and said, You know what? State by state, you can do whatever. Yep. It's a state rights issue. Yes. And the issue with that is just the day before they came out with a a decision about gun concealment, (laughs) making it a federal constitution right um, about how restrictive gun rights can be. You can open carry because
1: you have the right to self-defense, which means you need a gun out in public. New York, you overstep by restricting um, open carry laws. Yes. And said, well, that's not a state's rights issue. That's a federal law. Yeah. It's very inconsistent. Of course it is. Because this in, is what happens when you elect a bunch of extremists who don't understand how their own constitution works and just does whatever the fuck they want. The logic doesn't
0: work. They just wanted to overturn Roe. Yeah. That's what they wanted to do. And so they took, you're right. And I think it was helpful because they took the question that they had in front of them. And went a step even further and said, by Yeah. by abortion Casey. rights, by women rights. Yeah, That's what they basically did. Yeah, and Casey. All the Roe and Casey. Yeah. So I really like... Obviously, the dissent, I think, was very powerfully worded. I think that everyone should go. And honestly, if you have a lot of time on your hands, because these can be very long. Over
1: 200 pages.
0: But... Um, <laughs> Or honestly, I listened to. uh, I've been listening to the Ezra Klein show on this in the New York Times. Uh, He he has a great conversation about this with a constitutional lawyer um, over at Crooked Media. You know they have a podcast called Strict Scrutiny, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, which is made up of also constitutional um, lawyers, all of which happen to be women, Um, and they give a very good not only perspective on it, but they have actually done the reading um, and and highlight a lot of stuff that I think is worth um, your attention. Um, the dissent was the three liberal justices and the last uh, paragraph that they had said was sorrow for this court, but more for many millions of American women who have today lost a fundamental constitution, constitutional protection. We dissent. And Again, you should either read it or at least listen to better recaps of it. Um, but this is truly gonna be one of the most historical things that we've lived through. And god damn it, Terrell, I'm tired of living through history like this shit. <laughs> well, it's just <laughs> I made a I Look, made a reference about that today with a coworker, that's why I chuckle. <laughs> Look, I we're two guys, and believe it or not, this decision affects everybody in this country. Absolutely. Obviously obviously we're two guys, so maybe not as directly. Um, in some ways I would push back on that. Actually,
1: I, I think. I know we're going to get into reactions and I know we're going to talk about kind of where the landscape is now, but I I think there's two important things that came out of this one. I think white women recognize that their rights were always tethered to African American, Asian, black, Brown people's rights. Um, and how do we know that? Because Justice yeah. Thomas used his concurring opinion to highlight cases that he feels need to be reconsidered, i.e. Um, the Obergerfell case that legalized gay marriage. He very clearly and directly called out the, the feeling that um, privacies don't belong in that realm. Um, We already know that Brown v. Board of Education is being challenged by Texas, specifically Governor Abbott, um, believing that it is not the state's right or purpose to provide equal education to immigrants, specifically.
0: Let's bring segregation back. That sounds like a great idea.
1: Shortly after this decision was um, issued, we had a sitting senator, i.e. Senator Cornyn from Texas say Do Brown v. Board of Education next. So I think it's inherently flawed for conservative men specifically, especially black conservative men, to sit here and pretend as if this decision is just going to impact women and allow for this birth of life. Um, As a person who works in child welfare specifically, I'm terrified because in Idaho, we already have an issue with our system. It's not working. We we have children and youth who are in Airbnbs right now because there's no place to put them. There's no placements. There's no families who are taking them. We have a, an 18-week backlog for behavioral health. So you're telling me that now that Roe v. Wade is gone All of those issues are magically going to disappear and you are actually going to give a shit about children in this country. And you're not. How do I know? Because today we find out that 18 migrants died in Texas on the border because the person who was transporting them got too hot and recognized that the car wasn't functioning. So they just left them stranded like to think that this decision doesn't directly impact every person, no matter what's between your legs, is just inherently flawed. And to ignore the fact that this is going to create one of the greatest inequities in this country since slavery is inherently flawed. People are actively talking about how they want to leave states like Idaho, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, North South Dakota, because they no longer have access to said things. But those are people who have the money and the privilege to move. There are going to be women who are trapped in X state, who have no outlet and who, who are going to be stuck in even worse of a situation because the people who do have the privilege and the power to potentially make change. I'm calling you out California to move to these states and make a difference are choosing to find their own safe havens and not change. And that's, That is a further proof of if you really think that this decision isn't going to impact you, you're just inherently wrong.
0: Yes, (laughs) I do agree with that. I like everything in this country, it's going to hit the people who are less privileged. It's going to hit the people who are probably not very white Mm -hmm. Um, and women are going to die. Yeah. When you have to. Look, I don't know all the medical terms, but there's situations sometimes, even with pregnancy, where the baby's not going to come out, it's it's not going to work, but it's also yeah. you know blocking up the mom, and the mom might die, but there's already stories about doctors don't know if it's legal if they can abort the baby right then to save the mom an because eptop- of these yeah. laws.
1: An, epto- an eptopic pregnancy yes. is a great example where the baby is actually outside of the uterus and is draining... Um, nutrients from the mother directly there are multiple cases that are known of babies not developing fully in a mom's uterus and the decision has to be made now that this woman has to give birth to a child who might not have a fully developed brain or hasn't even developed its lungs so when it comes out it's it's dead but you all i'm speaking generally have decided that your Christian values matter more. And that woman has to suffer through pushing out this infant that she has given a name to that she cares about while also knowing that that child will not take its first breath. Like that's, that's the world that we now live in. I mean, the Supreme court quite literally wiped out 50, maybe over 50
0: years of progress in this country.
1: Fun fact, the day that Roe v. Wade was decided it was the same day that LB, LBJ died. And mm-hmm. um, there was a, a post of the two headlines side by side. And because a former president passed away, the headline was the creator of the Great Society dies at 63. And then you see over to the side, the court determines that um, women have the right to um, abortions. And then you have the post from today that the court well, Friday that the court has decided that women no longer have a right to something they've had a right to for 50 years. And there's just something interesting about that juxtaposition for me that um, the day that Roe V Wade was issued in one of the most liberal presidents that we had that ushered in this idea of a great society that focused on a government actually caring about its people past. And now 50 years later, um we're watching the great society die again. When you take the rights away from one
0: group of people, it hurts everybody. I don't know what the next few years are going to be like, but only worse <laughs> before we do want to end this conversation on a more productive note about what can be done. Um, the biggest probably being uh, even if you disagree with this strategy, electing like literally two more senators that don't care about the filibuster.
1: But stop granting Republicans the grace here. Like, oh, I mean, learn how your yeah, government but works. What's the
0: choice, you know,
1: I know this isn't the best space to have this, this type of forceful conversation, but learn how your government works. Like I, I'm angry, too. <laughs> whoa, whoa, we're I,
0: getting we're getting to the the
1: angry part of this. Like, I am I mean, not that too. we're not angry
0: right now. But yeah. We're getting to the tangent angry part of this in, in a, in a mm-hmm. second.
1: But like, understand that and and understand that. Things are happening now. Um, I know I'm always the person who plugs social media, but please check out our Instagram and our Twitter. Dangerously Likely is making a concerted effort to um, make our listeners aware of how they can engage positively in their state. For example, Michigan is is currently working on a ballot initiative to lift up reproductive rights and make it codified in the Constitution of Michigan. You also have... Prop five out of Vermont that would further codify their um, abortion laws that are on the books. Kansas is currently fighting against an anti-abortion law or um, constitutional amendment this August, August 5th, um, where the Supreme court of Kansas has already determined that their constitution grants the right to abortion and their legislature is actively trying to remove that right. Um, You have the attorney general Merrick Garland issuing notice to states that they do not have jurisdiction over mailing and that the pharmaceutical companies still are required and, and encouraged to mail out what's considered the abortion pill and they cannot supersede that as that is not within their jurisdiction. You have multiple senators reaching out to the White House to identify and understand um, spaces and places that they can step in to make actual efforts, one of them being considering this a public health crisis and all the liberties that that would grant to the executive branch. Um, But understand your government, because we know that if the White House makes certain moves, they're going to be challenged by the same court that just said it is the state's right to determine what abortion is, not the government's. So let's move on to reactions
0: and impact, specifically from um, Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland. Uh, and he says, quote, the Justice Department will work tirelessly to protect and advance reproductive freedom under the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. The Department will, con- will continue to protect health care providers and individuals seeking reproductive health services in states where those services remain legal This law prohibits anyone from obstructing access to reproductive health services through violence, threats of violence, or property damage. The Justice Department strongly supports efforts by Congress to codify Americans' reproductive rights, which it retains the authority to do. We also support other legislative efforts to ensure access to comprehensive reproductive services, and we stand ready to work with other arms of the federal government that seek to use their lawful authorities to protect and preserve access to reproductive care. In, product, in particular, the FDA has approved the use of the medication Stone, I might have just completely uh, butchered that one. States may not ban this drug based on disagreement with the FDA's expert judgment about its safety and efficacy. And furthermore, federal agencies may continue to provide reproductive health services to the extent authorized by federal law. And federal employees who carry out their duties by providing such services must be allowed to do so free from the threat of liability. It is the department's long-standing position that states gen- generally may not impose criminal or civil liability on federal employees who perform their duties in a manner authorized by federal law. Additionally, the department's office of legal counsel has determined that federal employees engaging in such conduct would not violate the Assimilative Crimes Act and could not be prosecuted by the federal government under that law. The Justice Department is prepared to assist agencies in resolving any questions about the scope of their authority to provide reproductive care. Terrell, what do you make of this?
1: Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I mean, it's important that the Department of Justice is taking that step to really kind of draw that line in the stand of who has jurisdiction over what. Um, and I, I, I called out multiple times. I, I appreciate that the justice department is saying we, we manage mail. We are in charge of this space, not you all. Um, but also to that factor, I think it, we're just in such an unknown right now. We're in such an, an unprecedented moment where before our eyes, Millions of Americans are losing their rights, and the federal government is doing what it can to to support and and resolve. But you have states actively pushing through bans, trying to um, have special sessions to limit access even further. You have the federal government tethered to the Hyde Amendment that hinders its ability to allocate funds to abortion. So individuals with Medicare and Medicaid cannot receive these coverages or this um, cannot receive this federal access through federal dollars. You have, what, 11 states that already have a band in effect. And it, it's it's a mess. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's just it's just a mess. Yeah,
0: it's a mess. And as you kind of mentioned before, there's 11 states um, that have a, a ban in effect, some kind of trigger law. Um, Thank you, you know. Idaho. Well, Idaho doesn't take um, doesn't for, trigger until like a month later. Right? Yes. It still triggers. You know, some of those states are like us, Idaho, North Dakota, Wyoming, Utah, Tennessee, and Mississippi. And there's several others. I think there's like 16 or maybe it was 19 that will have that will have abortion fully banned in the next month. Mm -hmm. Florida is having its ban challenged by a synagogue for religious reasons, which is interesting. Um, South Carolina, Georgia and Iowa are under a six week ban with the Iowa Supreme court ruling their constitution does not grant a right to abortion. Um, Michigan, Kansas and Vermont, as you mentioned earlier, Terrell, Terrell all have potential ballot initiatives taking shape this November to codify the right to an abortion. And, I, like, I desperately want to be productive. This is kind of the part where I think we can show our anger and be (laughs) ranty. I desperately want to be productive about this because, like, I understand there's just a lot of despair. I mean, this vote quite literally strips back protections and rights for half this country. For all of us, really. I was going to say more than half, actually, but also all of us. Some like point. I said earlier, when you take away the, the rights of one group, it affects all of us negatively. And that's what the Supreme Court did. And they were very blatant about it. That draft leaked opinion that we got from Alito a month or two ago. Word um, for word. It, yeah, it didn't really change. It, it, it did not really change. He didn't even really change the language of it. I, I think what has been so frustrating is like, look, like obviously, like, I think it's okay to take time and just try to process. Yeah. And I think we all need to do that. But the reaction that Terrell and I saw a lot that was just dominant in Twitter feeds, even at protests, was that Democrats aren't doing anything. They control three um, branches of government. And why aren't they codifying it? Why would we vote for them? Mm -hmm. And I I just want to say that, like, I want to be careful here because obviously, like, (laughs) <laughs> i know you don't really care that much. i was like I, i'm not because i i have a lot to say about this <laughs> like i think there needs to be time to have that despair but at the same time i'm very tired of the idea that this is all democrats fault we totally just take the blame off of one whole party that planned this for decades yep. and you know there's people out here are blame, blame, ugh, blaming obama for yeah. not codifying he it should have 10 codified years it. ago. He and had I a
1: supermajority, which wasn't a real supermajority, but I digress. Even if he did, it was
0: only for like four months. Franken wasn't even. Yeah, I don't know. If you really <laughs> want to go back and look that up, it was only for like a few months, and you know, there's only so much you can do with that. Also, look, Ted Kennedy died. The con <laughs> like the context of this though is that the context of this is that Supreme Court rulings of st- the law. Of the land. They were stated law. Why do we
1: need to codify something that is constitutional? That the, right? The only reason we've ever had to codify anything before is our civil war actions, um, the right to vote for African Americans through the Civil Rights Act because that right that had been codified was not being adhered to. Um And anti-discrimination protections like affirmative action, because once again, that right was not being adhered to. And I do think that's an an important factor here, right, is I think a lot of people jump to Roe v. Wade granting the right to abortions, but within the the decision, it's set up to the point of viability. And that's where conservatives had historically been honing in on and hitting at of, well the Supreme court never told us when viability was. So we're going to say when a heartbeat's detected, or we're going to say at 15 weeks, six weeks, three weeks, so forth. (laughs) I'm angry. Like, like, that's all I can say is I, I can't, I can't understand how a group of people Specifically men and pro- just progressives in general, and I, I will continue to call out progressives. I'm, I'm not a centralist whatsoever. I just don't adhere to where this left-leaning group is. I don't understand how they, they are so powerful and thoughtful and want this magnificent change, but don't understand how their own government works. Obama's majority never truly existed. As you highlighted, Caleb, he never had a supermajority. He never had a filibuster proof Senate. Al Franken, Al Franken's seat was held up due to challenges. Ted Kennedy passed away. Another senator was in a hospital due to a stroke. Um, But also important to that context within those months that you all are making an argument they should have codified Roe v. Wade. And yes, President Obama did say he didn't think that that was the pressing issue at that point. It was it because wasn't. it's because we were in the middle of a great recession and he <sighs> focused on health care. He focused on being able to provide health care to millions of Americans and doing it through an exchange so that Americans could potentially use it for abortion rights. There were ways and tricks that happened there. Understand your government. But even beyond that, I'm angry because. As an African-American. I. I have ancestors who died to get the right to vote. I have family friends who were alive in the 60s and watched as close friends got beaten. I have family friends who got beaten to get the right to vote. So don't you tell me that voting doesn't matter. Don't you tell me that I don't need to show up and vote for Democrats. Because they're the only party that sees me as a person. Don't you tell me how I need to function in my own society. I'm angry too. I despise what is happening right now. America has an accountability issue, and there is no reason that Nancy Pelosi is not on primetime television right now telling us that she's going to open an impeachment inquiry into justice Thomas and justice Kavanaugh specifically
0: for fucking lying
1: for lying one for potentially being a part of the orchestration of an insurrection. We saw what happened when people don't show up. 2016 is what happens when people don't show up and vote black people showed up. We were there. But we needed some of our white allies and white friends to also be there to push us over the fucking hump.
0: I don't think those were allies.
1: (laughs) They weren't because they (laughs) didn't show up. They gave up on the system. And that is what put us here. Instead of wanting to point the finger at Ruth Bader Ginsburg because she didn't step down soon enough. uh, Obama because he didn't codify it. Joe Biden because he's not doing enough. all these Point the finger back at yourself because you had the opportunity to stop all of this in 2016. But in your mind, Hillary Clinton wasn't good enough for you. And that needs to be a conversation that's talked about right now. That's where we need to be honing in on. Because where we are right now with all these rights going away is because a group of white people decided that they couldn't vote. Black people were there. Brown people were there. And now I'm hearing it all again. And that's why people who talk about getting rid of the filibuster so they can push through a codification... No, because you're not going to show up in November. And you know what that means? Mitch McConnell is about to be the literal Senate majority leader again. And the only thing that is protecting you from even getting an abortion is the potential that he won't have the votes to get rid of the filibuster, just like Chuck Schumer doesn't. So understand your government. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I took a lot of space no, there. No. I no, no, no. You no. didn't you're, mean to take that space for me. No,
0: you absolutely deserve to take the space. <laughs> I I just I mean it was just so well said. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's just so frustrating because it's like I just see all these people who are like bending to all there's so many people who are just so <sighs> like you take all the blame off of Republicans, and then you only blame past Democrats for not codifying it or stepping down for the Supreme Court or whatnot. The video, not the video, but the audio that we shared at the very beginning of this episode is Donald Trump saying that he will put justices on the Supreme Court that will overturn Roe v. Wade, and that's exactly what he did. But you know
1: where he fucking said that? He said that in a debate against Hillary Clinton in 2016. I but called out how scary it is that a candidate for president would say something like that. I do think that's also important. I, I don't, I don't know. It, if your reaction
0: to this is why would we ever vote for Democrats, then you, we're all going to lose more rights. And that's just plain and simple. And all these people who are bending to all the people, all the progressive or the quote unquote self-identified progressives that are out here saying all this stuff about not voting. First of all, that's already defeatist and that makes everyone else feel defeatist. So why would they vote? But all the people who are bending to that attitude and saying, Hey guys, look like I know like saying that the answer is to vote is like a, uh, it might not be the best thing to say right now. You should still do it. No, that is the answer. The answer is voting. Literally. The productivity that we get um, in the following months and years because of t- this decision all include voting for a constitutional amendment in your state, voting for people who will codify Roe v. Wade, whether it's 60 Democrats, which is a supermajority in the Senate and how they get actually passed things. Or 53 Democrats, with two of them being elected, and we're keeping the majority in the House, in the Senate, um, and they don't want the filibuster. Like wherever you fall with that, vote for. There's a there's a path forward, mm-hmm. even when everything feels gone. In the in unfortunately, look if you're someone out there, and you're saying why do I have to vote for Democrats? They're not doing anything. First of all, like you said, understand your government. But second of all, like, look, I'm sorry, but if you want rights, it's going to be a battle. There is a minority in this country, in the Republican Party, and this is exactly by design. They want you to feel this way so you don't vote and they hold on to power. They want you to move out of red states so they always have that power in presidential elections. Exactly. It is by design by the Republican Party, just like overturning Roe v. Wade was. And since it's by design, we have to fight back against that. And yes, the only reason that this was by design by the Republican Party is because
1: they got the votes to do it from the people. We have to do the same thing. Yeah. And I know we've been taking a lot of space for Democrats here, but I I do want to take a moment for any conservative listeners that we might have, um, specifically because I was per usual on TikTok and came across a creator that was from Texas. Um, a female who is conservative leaning and she highlighted how angry she was as well. She's angry that women are losing rights. She didn't support abortions, but she was angry that women are losing rights and the government is telling her how to handle her body. And that, that bothered her. And it made her angry that her only option in her state for a high office is Greg Abbott. But at the same time, she she didn't buy into or believe in Beto O'Rourke. And, and I'm being very thoughtful here and saying what I'm going to say. But to the conservative listeners, you have an option too. You have a a, a space in this. There are third parties. There are libertarians. There are constitutionalists. There are other individuals who you very well could align with. Educate yourself on them. I'm not saying you have to vote third party, but I am saying that if you are as angry as we are, your voice does still matter. And if you are going to show up in the election booth on November and vote for a Greg Abbott, you don't get the right to complain. You don't get the right to be angry that you don't have rights. But if you show up in the election booth in November and take a second to say, I can't vote for someone who's actively making my life harder, and I don't want the life that the Democrats are are putting up, but I can cast a vote or just leave it blank for someone else, that matters too. Um, it might result in a Democrat winning Texas, which might not be your end goal, but you can go to bed knowing that you did what you could to ensure that you had rights at the end of the day. And you can fight like hell to get rid of that Democrat in the next two, four years. I'm not going to stop you, but you also have a role to play here. You're not absolved from what's happening. And, and I, I think that's a message that needs to be also carried out because I know there are conservatives right now who, aren't happy with this decision and aren't happy with how your party is handling this decision.
0: I think that like the democratic party is not a perfect party, but (laughs) when you look at the two parties, there's one party that will codify Roe v. Wade or codify abortion as a right. And there's one party that is actively trying to get rid of it. And they succeeded on Friday. And they will succeed more if they gain a majority in the Senate and the House. They will will try to implement a national abortion ban. This is not a joke. We have to vote for people, even if that's not normally who you vote for, even if you don't like the rest of their policies, we have to vote for people who will fight for this
1: right, who will fight for the rights of everybody. Traditionally, um, we would say, and we'll be right back, um, and then we would go into tangents, um, but it can't be ignored that we are both cisgender males speaking about our outrage towards a women's health issue, um, but we don't have uteruses. So I'm just going to leave you all with a reminder to follow us on our social medias, email us if you have questions, or if you want to get engaged with some of the points that we brought up during this conversation. Um, Just remembering to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay informed. Um, But to close this out, I want to turn the mic to some women in power and their reactions to this outrageous decision. And we'll see you next week.
3: For nearly 50 years. We have talked about what Roe v. Wade protects. Today, as of right now, as of this minute, we can only talk about what Roe v. Wade protected past tense. This is a health care crisis because understand Millions of women in America will go to bed tonight without access to the health care and reproductive care that they had this morning. Without access to the same health care or reproductive health care. That their mothers and grandmothers had for 50 years. This is the first time in the history of our nation that a constitutional right has been taken from the people of America.
2: I am angry because we have reached the culmination of what Republicans have been fighting for, angling for, for decades now. pay the price for this. It will not be wealthy women. Wealthy women can get on an airplane. They can fly to another state. They can fly to another country. They can get the protection they need. This will fall on the poorest women in our country. This will fall on those who have been raped. This will fall on mothers who are already struggling to work three jobs to be able to support the children they have. Well, I am here because I am angry, and I am here because the United States Congress can change all of this. Angry, but committed. Understand (laughs) this. Understand this. I have seen the world where abortion is illegal and we are not going back.